Cloud. I'm Olivia. I'm Jamin. And I'm Casey. And I shouldn't take a drink right then because I was supposed to keep talking. You were. I'll do it anyways. We're going through the Beatitudes. We got two left we're hitting on. Today's is blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake. Wait, we're hitting on two today? No. Well, you know what? Yes. Yes. That is what you just said. We were hitting on two today. Well, we are now because you said it. I don't know what I said. <laughs> These two are very similar. So let's go ahead and just finish this series off this week. All right. So I'll read 10 and 11 together. Matthew 5, 10, 11. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad for your reward is great in heaven for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So those two Technically, are Technically that was 12 too. And, and verse 12. Those are very similar statements. So we'll go ahead and lump word it all into one. <laughs> Didn't we go over this last episode? We'll blanket statement them all into one. Thank you. We're talking about persecution here. So the American church thinks they're persecuted all the time. And it really bothers me. <laughs> because they are the least like persecuted church around. Like... Like, I get it. There's occasionally, like, you're insulted about what you believe, whether it be, like, from an atheistic perspective or, like, a secular moralistic perspective or something like that. But, like, that's hardly persecution. And if anything, Jesus literally just said, if people revile you, persecute you, or utter evil against you because of me... Yay! Like, he's like, you're blessed, man. <laughs> like, But, Jamin, I want to be able to say Merry Christmas versus Happy that's Holidays. That's exactly what I'm talking about. When that is treated as persecution, it's like, why? Like, why? Why, why, why? Now, we won't rabbit trail that direction again. But that's exactly how we act as Christians. Like, yes, the day will probably eventually come where... American Christians are more persecuted. That's generally how countries work. Is Jesus usually runs against the grain of most normal human political landscapes. So eventually people hate you as Christians. <laughs> um, but we're not really at that point. You know, like in other countries, you were literally killed for believing in Jesus. You have to go to church in a cave. You can't show video footage because they'll find you. And you gotta wonder if the person who's going to church next to you is really a secret police spy who's here to find you all out and bring in all the police and throw you all in jail and decide what's gonna happen after that. That's persecution, you know? What the people had in, in the Bible, that was persecution where they gotta like, hide you somewhere otherwise they're gonna come and find you and the guards are gonna have you beheaded or something that's persecution when someone's upset with us because we believe or think something different from them and they called us a mean name <laughs> like that's so far down the list of like christian persecution but it's a mean name jamin so what like the bible the Bible rejoices in those. Jesus just rejoiced in those moments. Like, 
yeah, all right, you're earning your stripes. Like, <laughs> you really care about this because in this moment, someone called you something and you didn't just leave me. Thanks for hanging in there. You know, like, your faith means something now. In Acts, when the disciples get, like, in trouble and then, and then like, whipped, I think, like, they leave that moment and they rejoice that they were worthy of being persecuted like Jesus was. What American Christian have you met that does that? <laughs> oh, they called me a mean name. Yes! <laughs> you know, like, I don't know. I just... Christians in America often, I think, are persecuted because they're acting like jerks rather than, like, acting on Jesus' behalf um, or treating some kind of low-grade level persecution like it's the end of the world. And uh, it bothers me. <laughs> I think as far as the second part of that, yeah. it actually comes from these verses because they want to think that they are blessed for being yeah. called a mean name, which mm -hmm. like you are, but like because they don't have the same persecution that you would see like mm -hmm. say in Syria and Iraq where being a Christian means you will be attacked they still want to feel they still want to feel it they still want to feel like they can embody this verse so they they find the littlest of things and make yep. it feel as though it's the same so does that kind of mean like they were they were looking for persecution so that they could try to find it yeah i think absolutely there is that happening because i mean I have heard statements where Jamin said, sometimes I just wish the church was persecuted because then it would be better. So to clarify, <laughs> I think the church would, would live up to what Christianity is if they were persecuted. You want the church to thrive, you need persecution. It's like a natural ingredient. I'm sorry, look around the world, look at every revival, not every revival, but look at a lot of the places where like Christianity just takes off and it starts like overthrowing everything in the country until like you look around you're like what is this thing wait it Where starts it overthrowing yeah that wasn't the word i was looking for <laughs> it just starts growing like crazy. okay that's a better word if you go to the countries where christianity is growing like crazy one of the ingredients that causes it to happen is persecution why would that do the trick well if you want to really be a christian you ain't just going up to the altar and saying, Jesus, forgive me. Like you're saying, my life is on the line. I am giving myself to this cause. I believe enough in this that I might get killed tomorrow and that would be worth it. <laughs> Tell me that's not a different kind of Christianity than American but Christianity. But I want to say Merry Christmas. That's American Christianity, right? Like, I, I am hurt. And that's, that's based more out of constitutional morality than it is out of biblical morality, right? Like, oh, you're taking away my freedom of speech. It's like, Jesus didn't tell you freedom of speech. <laughs> Jesus actually expects that you're not going to say certain things if you're following him. Jesus takes away your freedom of speech. Let's just be honest, right? Like, there's some things that I don't say because my God does not allow me to say it. <laughs> like, that's just part of this so like for us like when we see certain like constitutional things go away those are usually our gripes like oh we're so persecuted as christians 
But then you go to the countries where they're actually experiencing persecution and it's one of the biggest ingredients to like, it's like miracle growth. Like if Christianity is like a tiny little sapling in America that's like, it's just so many droughts, we're trying to get up there, it's just so hard. Like go to another country in that same pot, this is our scientific experiment. You take the miracle growth of persecution, you pour it on, it's like, life is really beautiful. I would not have used miracle growth as the, the your catalyst. What's wrong with miracle growth? Because technically miracle growth is not necessary for the church to then grow. It's a catalyst that makes it grow faster. But that's why it's the perfect analogy. Yeah. The church does not need persecution to grow. This plant still I thought you were growing. saying that, yeah, I thought it needs to grow. No, but if you pour some persecution on it, it's like, and I don't know how miracle growth works. It's probably not like that. It's like Jack and the Beanstalk, okay? <laughs> you can have normal little sunflower church or persecution Jack and the Beanstalk church. Is that better? <laughs> I mean, now, now that you're saying it's not necessity, it yeah. is a catalyst. I'm okay with your original analogy, okay. but, All right. okay. but at first I was confused because you made it seem like originally how, you know, if I were to do the analogy, it would have been like soil or sunlight. It was necessary to grow. Right. Whereas then you're, you're actually using it as a catalyst, which then miracle grow works. Okay, fine. <laughs> Casey's a very like intense analogy scrutinizer. Which he forgets the first definition of an analogy is it's never perfect. <laughs> well, I was just wanting to, I was wanting to digest your analogy further. Don't digest miracle growth. It's bad for humans. Good for plants. I mean, that's true. <laughs> Needless to say, <laughs> I can't even today. <sighs> when we are persecuted, it sucks. I'm not meaning to downplay that. But the biblical reaction often is like, this is worth it. Look at this. My faith is worth something. Jesus is worth something. Like, I'm, I'm proving that this matters to me. <laughs> like, faith that lasts forever is one that's tested. It's not the one that's like, in fact, have you, have you seen people who just like, prosperity gospel? Like, they just, they accepted Jesus and they were told that now everything will always be perfect, their bank account's going up, everything's gonna be great, and that's all perfect. And then one day, something bad happens. And like, it's like, is God even real? You know, it's like, wow, your faith was not tested at all. Like, if you're willing to follow Jesus so long as like life is good, that's not what I would call faith. Well, what's an analogy that works? Something that's like, you really got to beat down in order for it to be stronger. Is that like a sword? Technically muscle. You got to beat down your muscles. So you have to, to break down the muscles <laughs> and it comes... So when you work out, you're actually like... Breaking your breaking muscles. Breaking the muscles so okay. that it gets more growth. So there you go. There's a good example, right? If you want to be m muscular, you have to hurt yourself. Is that... Is that what you guys just told me? <laughs> no, not it's hurt not yourself. Entirely wrong, but it's not entirely correct. <laughs> you have to work to get stronger. Yeah. 
Okay, all right. And you're gonna feel pain along the way. But at the end, you're gonna look so good. <laughs> this episode's getting a little weird. Your strength, your strength will be better even though you felt persecuted by the stupid treadmill along the way, right? At, sure. the, end, at, the, at the end, you're in a better place. And you might, because you've built all this habit up, be even like stronger to maintain this. Because you are used to what, it re you know what it requires to be a muscular person, right? So, and analogically, as a Christian, People don't like us for something and it breaks us down. It's not a bad thing. That's a Jesus thing. In fact, if you want to be like Jesus, you should expect someone to hate you. Any, and I was told this when I was pastoring. <laughs> it's like, so I was like, look, if everyone in your church likes you, you're probably not pastoring right. I was like, oh. <laughs> you know pastors become pastors because they want to help people, right? Like we want people to like us. But that's a good point. If everyone likes me, I probably have not provoked anyone <laughs> like to follow Jesus carefully enough. Um, in fact, you're watching this video right now and you hate me. You know what I have to say to that? Yes! <laughs> For the kingdom! <laughs> uh, anyways, persecution, good. Not persecution... Also, good. You know, it's not like we're masochists here. You know, like we, ah, oh, I just want to be persecuted. You know, like that's not what we're trying to paint at all. And when people aren't hurting, hurting you, you know. But what if I wanted miracle grow, Jamin? Well, you'll, yeah, okay. All right, I, I mean, those are the times when your faith grows the strongest, right? When you come out the other side of like a difficult season. If you're still following Jesus after that, you are going to be stronger, not weaker, likely, maybe. <laughs> you're at least like you didn't break all the way, so there's a good chance you'll be built back up. So maybe that's a good word for you. Maybe right now you've gone through some tough times and you're burning out, but you're still following Jesus. You're in the right place. And coming out of that kind of persecution, whether it was the world outside of the church that persecuted you or, quite honestly, the people inside the church who persecuted you, if you're still following Jesus after that, like you'll you'll find it's refining you, right? Uh, what's that verse? God refiner's fire. Yeah, but there's in the New Testament there's a God tests those He loves. Oh, that one. What were you thinking? Uh, man sharpens man as iron sharpens iron. Uh, James 1, 2 through 4, count it all joy, which is what Jesus just told us too, right? Rejoice. My brothers and sisters, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and let steadfastness have its full effect that you might be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. So the biblical portrait is if you're going to be a Christian, you're going to face some problems. And that's okay because that's going to make us stronger. Uh, and as we get stronger, we'll become that which, which we need to be to really make our faith real to us. Uh, even First Peter 4, 12 through 19, Do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice! 
<laughs> insofar as you share Christ's sufferings, that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. If you are insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed, because the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. Let none of you suffer as a murderer or a thief or an evildoer or a meddler. In other words, you shouldn't be suffering because you do bad things, right? You also shouldn't be suffering because you're a jerk. Uh, yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let the glory, let him glorify God in that name. I think that's a good point. I always feel like a lot of times in American Christianity, those who like, are like, oh man, they persecuted me. It's like, yeah, well, you're kind of a jerk right then. You know, I was like, that, that's not what Jesus was talking about. <laughs> like you're not, you're not blessed for being rude to someone. You don't get to be prideful and then yep. say that you're being persecuted. Nor should your reaction to being persecuted be prideful. Like rejoice, like, oh, my faith is worth something. This is so good. If it's like, oh, yeah, they were real jerks to me. Well, you know what? <laughs> I'm going to be in heaven. <laughs> and them, oh, well, they got something ahead of them. Like, that's not what Jesus was doing, you know? So, like, rejoice and be glad when you're persecuted. But don't be a tool about it. <laughs> final, final words written right above my head. Don't be a tool about it. I was just gonna start singing. I'm, I'm praying for you again. Because <laughs> that was all I could think of as you were talking about. I pray that. a flower pot falls from your windowsill. That, that, yeah, that's how American Christianity sometimes acts to persecution. Pray I mean, your brakes go out running down a hill. Yeah, I thought it was as a joke, but you're making me nervous. Uh, well, here's the thing. I don't actually know who sings that song, so I can't write or I can't speak for them. But I have a feeling that it came from a place of truth. Maybe not their own. But uh, they definitely at least saw people acting that way. Yeah. Because I've seen people acting that way. 